0: You're very welcome along to the Big Red Bench this Sunday evening and Dublin have claimed the Brendan Martin Cup for the first time since 2020. They defeated Kerry in the 50th ladies' senior football final at Croke Park. We're going to chat to Dylan O'Connell and hopefully get some more reaction from that match as well for you. Plenty of club hurling action also today. John O'Shea is going to join us to look at the Premier Senior Hurling Championship and who are the main contenders. And of course the Premier League is... Is back this week, the first Super Sunday is uh, it's level one all between Liverpool and Chelsea earlier on. Spurs drew with Brentford. We'll get all the reaction to that, and we're going to hear from Munster women's players Nicole Cronin and Kate Flannery. They're in the hunt for three interpro titles in a row, all between here and seven. You're listening to The Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. It's Aiden Lee here with you until 7 o'clock, 0868-104-106 if you want to get in touch with us. And uh, let's get an update straight away from that game in the Premier League. It's Liverpool 1, Chelsea 1,
1: Guy Swindles is at Stamford Bridge Liverpool won end to end stuff so far in the second half and while the quality has dropped a notch since the first half certainly the excitement continues to ramp up there's been an excellent effort from Uh, Of one of the surprising candidates for uh, the strike, Virgil van Dijk, the defender up from the back, but he curled a beautiful effort fractionally over the Chelsea bar. Uh, There was also Dela's free header that hit the chest rather than the hand after VAR had made sure of the Chelsea defender, and that made sure that uh, that was no penalty. Also Chilwell, who's already had one goal disallowed, has had another excellent opportunity but fired it too close to the Liverpool keeper. It remains Chelsea... One
0: Liverpool, one. Yeah, and uh, earlier on, then today it was Brentford two, Tottenham two. The first half was absolutely helter skelter. Eleven minutes were added on at the end of it. Uh, I have to say, I'm not a fan of this uh, new added time sort of laws they're bringing into the games. Uh, you know, does anybody really want ten minutes added on after ninety minutes of football, or even you know? After what will have been 100 minutes already, if there's 10 minutes added on in the first half, uh, it's uh, it's well, look, I'll be honest with you, it's not great for me when I'm <laughs> trying to get the news across to you on the hour and the game hasn't stopped yet, uh, because uh, Indefinitely, there will be uh, a goal while I'm trying to tell you what the score is on the hour here on Red FM. Uh, so yeah, not a fan of that. I really hope they do try to keep it. I mean, it was mental at the World Cup and this is kind of what they're following. And uh, it's, it's been crazy enough as well at the Women's World Cup, but that's what they're following. This new love, trying to keep the ball in play and uh, making up for lost time and all that, but uh, that's 90 minutes is a long time. and uh, I would say, you know, five or six minutes each half of added time is more than enough. Uh, Kat Sove was at the GTEC Community Stadium to see that draw earlier on between Brentford and Spurs.
2: It's finished Brentford 2, Spurs 2. Both sides will feel like they deserved all three points today with a thrilling first half counted by a calmer second 45. It's not the ideal start to the season for Tottenham's new manager Ange Postacoglu who will have been wanting to prove a point since the departure of Harry Kane. The visitors took an early lead thanks to a header from Romero but it was cancelled out by a penalty from Buemo. The host then took the lead courtesy of Wissa, but a powerful shot from Royale drew the North Londoners level. Brentford impressed, despite not having their star striker Ivan Toney, they'll be encouraged by what's to come. It's finished, Brentford 2, Spurs 2. Yeah, Nathan
0: Collins making his Brentford debut as well at the back. Harry Kane, uh, a Harry Kane-less Spurs, he's gone over to Bayern Munich, Uh, they lost the Super Cup last night, no, Kane came on as a sub, so, uh, you know, uh, everybody's jumping on the uh, Harry Kane course, but... uh, I don't think you could blame him for the result last night between Bayern Munich and RB Leipzig. Another transfer saga is the whole Chelsea versus Liverpool in terms of Moises Caicedo and Lavia from Southampton as well. I wonder, will there be much said in the director's box today at Stamford Bridge, where after 69 minutes it's still one all? But uh, Chelsea coming in and uh, robbing Liverpool of two of their. Midfield options. Liverpool's midfield is fairly, it's fairly sparse at this stage. Um, Alexis McAllister is now the oldest midfielder left, uh, or well, outside of a, at a Tiago Alcantara he's 24 and I know they're in need of rejuvenation but um, you know getting rid of both Henderson and Milner in the one season might have been the smartest thing to do um, alright we'll come back to that uh, if there's any goals and if there's any updates Dublin are the ladies football Ireland senior champions for a sixth time they beat Kerry 18 points to 110 to win the Brendan Martin Cup in front of just over 45,000 fans at Croke Park Hannah Tyrrell had a wonderful first half she scored 8 points in the opening period I think four of them were from play they led 11-4 at the break and that margin was too much for Kerry to bridge Dublin captain Carlo Rose stepped up in the second half and kicked four points and uh, unfortunately (laughs) thanks for this unfortunately just like the men's team Dublin have beaten Kerry and they're the All-Ireland Champions again after a three-year wait exact mirror image um, we have a full-time report here from ashling O'Reilly who was at Crow Park
3: Dublin are the 2023 All-Ireland Champions Dublin 18 points Kerry 110 Dublin led by 7 points at the break thanks to Hannah Tyrrell's brilliance kicking 8 points in that first half Kerry, they started the second half strongly, kicking the opening two scores from Neve Carmody and Louise Limar Herthig to bring it back to a five-point game. But Dublin they quickly responded with two of their own from Kate Sullivan and Carla Rowe. Kerry, they just found it hard to match Dublin's intensity here today. When 42 minutes played, Neve Heather didn't come off the bench for the dubs. She made an instant impact, firing over one from play. And everyone was shocked to see Chiffre O'Shea, the Kerry captain, coming off the bench after recently picking up an ACL injury. Louise Hurt thinks she got Kerry back into the game, kicking 1-1 in the final minutes and kicked 1-7 in total. It was Hannah Tyrrell who picked up the player of the match and her first All-Ireland title. Jennifer Dunn has been influential all season from midfield for Dublin and she's done it again today. Dublin's fitness levels have been very impressive, and they are the 2023 All Ireland champions. It finished Dublin 18 points. Kerry 110.
0: Yeah, and Down won the junior decider. They defeated Limerick 17 to eight points earlier on, and uh, in the intermediate final, Kildare picked up the title. They edged Clare 211 to 210. I spoke to Dylan O'Connell after the full time whistle about Kerry versus Dublin and the successes of both the Camogie and the ladies football finals this year All right, Dylan the full time whistle has just gone in Croke Park in the 50th All-Ireland Senior Ladies Football Final and unfortunately for me as a Kerry man Kerry have been defeated by Dublin and uh, Dublin picking it up uh, their first Brendan Martin Cup since 2020 and deservedly so you'd have to say
4: yeah, it was a dominating performance from the first whistle. Like, they really were a team out to make a statement today. Uh, and they were awarded with an 18 point to 110 victory over the Kingdom. And interestingly, it was the first ever Ladies Gaelic football final between Dublin and Kerry.
0: Yeah, and on a, and a year where we've already had a bit of heartbreak against the Dubs in the men's final, uh, it probably makes it that, that bit more uh, hard to take for us Kerry people.
4: Yeah, and like I suppose how the game won, how the game went, I suppose Marty makes it even worse. The fact that Dublin were on the front foot from the whistle, like Hannah Tyrrell, uh, I apologise, I mispronounced her name. She just she didn't put a foot wrong for the whole game, and she was rightfully be- top player of the match. Like Kerry, Kerry put her, Kerry were probably overly reliant on Louise Lee Merzig, uh, to be perfectly honest, and she did finish the game with a very healthy tally. But again. You don't win all earnings with one player. You win all earnings with 15 players on the pitch. And, like, that's where, I suppose, ultimately, what the game was won and lost was the difference because Dublin had a lot more variety in their scores carried in. It's that simple.
0: Yeah, you meant, like, that first half, Hannah Tyrrell as well was just incredible in the first half, but Kerry just gave themselves way too much to do.
4: Yeah, and, like, I think on my count, I think Kerry only had two or three ways in the first half. And, like, they had 40% of possession based off the stats and they only had think two wise which shows I suppose the team isn't able to get into those scoring chances where like you know you actually have the ball but you're not actually creating chances with it isn't a good reflection on how you're able to use it so it's, there's a lot of stuff there I'd imagine Kerry would have to dwell on over the winter months
0: and you mentioned already I presume she's nailed on to be player of the year regardless of today L- Louise Neymar Hartig she got the goal for Kerry with about 4 minutes left on the clock to bring it back to 5 points was it at that stage Kerry get another score to make it 4 it was too late though but again she's been incredible this season and stood up for Kerry as well even in defeat
4: yeah and like it's it must be bittersweet like if she does get through the reward the only national honour that she will have had herself with Kerry is the national league title she lost the Munster final against Cork and now she lost the All Ireland final so it is still bittersweet but again that's sport that's the way these things go the dubs as well to be back on
0: top you know they were so dominant for a couple of years. Meath came along and kind of knocked them off their perch. Now they've got back there again. It's great resolve from that group of players, isn't it? And Mick as well to get everything back together and to get back to the summit.
4: Yeah, and like, I think what people don't even realise as well is in the 2020 All-Ireland final uh, or is it 2021? It was the last Dublin final. Eight players in that starting 15 weren't in the starting 15 today. Um, There was two players just out of minor. So like it's Dublin... You, you know, sometimes you could have, you could have a team that like, you know you certain players are nailed on for certain positions, and like you know there's a cycle of two or three years. This is essentially a new Dublin team, so this could be the start of a new cycle of dominance. Like they tore Cork apart in the semi-final of the All Ireland, and like they they made very late work there of Kerry, and this could be the start of something new now. After I suppose the last two years are probably like the start of a new cycle.
0: And that's probably the more difficult thing as well to take from a Kerry point of view because it really felt like this group were the start of, of a cycle in their own right now after two years losing two finals in a row um, you know you, you've got two men over the team as well who have put in a lot of effort it's hard to go again isn't it like so much commitment goes into training an inter-county team regardless of the level Do you know Kerry you certainly are at a crossroads after this you feel
4: I think when it comes to the crossroads I suppose it's, you can look at it through ways it could be an opportunity where like, you look at your mistake to see where you went wrong or you could look at it I suppose and just dwell on it and like teams can show that they can come back from losing like, let's say two finals in a row Is look at Cork and the Camogie lost to Galway and, and absolutely trounced Waterford after taking pathless less travelled last weekend uh, by be, uh, even if you look at other counties uh, or other teams for example who would have won like, lost two or three finals on the back and then won one it's just that little bit extra sweeter like if you look at let's say Black Rock when they won the county in Cork in 2020 there was a genuine output of, output of emotion well, like, with each loss, you find things that don't work for you. You find things that do work, and you can work towards them. So, like, it's I suppose it's the balls in Kerry's court. What do they do, and like, how do they use this defeat constructively? Because they can use it as a point blank, and like, you know, like, look, let's get rid of the management team. Let's let's get rid of players. But no, but like, you could do that. But then you're starting square one next year, and there could be a new game plan, new way with new way to play football. And straight away, then you're playing up the bat once again against very established teams like Dublin, who just got with a young squad uh, their first taste of uh, an All earned title.
0: Yeah, Darlong and Declan Quill have certainly, if they do go after this year, they've left that Kerry team in much better shape than what they found it in and turned them into real contenders. Um, At the final itself, incredible atmosphere, wasn't it? Great crowd. And I think both finals, both the ladies' football and the Camogie finals, have been real successes this year. And obviously, they seem to get bigger and bigger every year. They break more records every year. It was really great to see this year, wasn't it?
4: Yeah, it was really great to see. And it just kind of shows the general consensus across women's sport and like i really hate how like every year we fall into the same pit trap and say oh it's really good it's growing it's getting more exposure it's growing but it is that's the honest god truth like if you look at the crowds the crowds are going up there's more and more general people and like you always have that core group who go to the finals every single year but it's about getting away from the, that It's about getting to the general consensus the general population who would only concentrate solely on let's say the double men's team No getting to into taking both teams and you can truly see that and like I know this is slightly off topic, but there was a video yesterday went wired a line of a flight that had I think nearly the entire flight watching the Australian women's game against France in the Women's World Cup, which kind of shows like how women's sport now is considered. It's it's told, It's near. It's coming to that stage where it's just equity with, uh, with men's sport, which is fantastic. And Ronnie, I reckon about ten years away from sellout all Ireland Camogie and Ladies Football Finals, which is fantastic.
0: Yeah, and even the spread of the crowd. Let's say when I was younger, I I often remember. Uh, let's say that the ladies' football club at home, they would go off on a bus to, to the game, etc. You know, you'd have the the girls' clubs going to the games. But today they shut around the crowd. It's a mix. It's boys and girls um, that that are there as well. You know, so both both sides of the clubs are going to the to the finals as well. Which obviously, you know, that's going to go down through the years. And in ten fifteen years' time, both genders will be going to both
4: uh, to both finals as well, which is good. Yeah, and like when the camera went full time, it went to two boys in the in, yeah. in the in the stand, and they were going mental celebrating the fact that Dublin won the All Ireland. And that shows they don't see it as oh, this is the ladies' version. They don't see it as this. They just see it as they're watching Dublin. That's yeah. it. Which is the way it should be. Whereas, like I'm, I suppose i one thing I read I don't like is people like not like use oh, all to Liverpool's women's team. Like it's just Liverpool full stop. It's just like it's Shelburne moved away from the League of Ireland. They just refer to themselves as Shelburne. That's it. And it was it just showed today where it's but like we should make it about like oh you no know, it's got a like it has a very young support attached to it where it's but like you know they will grow up, it will filter through. And you can see today with those always in the front of a the stand, they were going mental just it was double one that's the way it should be.
0: Absolutely, yeah, it was certainly great to see. Dylan O'Connell, you're a very busy man, so thanks a minute for joining us, uh, to look back on the final.
4: Oh brilliant. Thank you very much, Aidan
0: yeah, thanks to dinner for giving us his time. He was doing updates on the game, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it was a really good final. And uh, came across on TV as well. You get that extra bit of excitement, don't you? When the crowd really are up for it, it's great to see the flags as well in the stands. I always think that's uh, that's where maybe the let's say the the All Ireland Men's Football Final we don't see enough. Kind of colouring flags anymore and they're banned out the, like, I don't think you're allowed to take a flag into the hill technically. I know some people do get away with it. Um, but they should be allowed to take flags in the games, you know, um, looking back at all finals, you always see all the flags waving, the colour, the stand looks like it's alive, um, so it was great to see uh, today um, Elsewhere, it's uh, still Chelsea 1 Liverpool 1, we have an update from Stamford Bridge from Guy Swindles.
1: Chelsea 1, Liverpool 1 after a thrilling first half with uh, two goals two disallowed goals and Plenty of other efforts getting close from either end. It's been a little bit after the Lord Mayor's show in the second half. Both sides have battled away well, but they've rather managed to negate each other and the entertainment factor has probably dropped a little. There has still been the odd chance, uh, but at the moment it's the chance of the substitutes to try and uh, bring a bit of vim and vigour back into this match with both teams making changes. Chelsea won, Liverpool won.
0: Tomorrow evening, Manchester United take on Wolves in their Premier League opener. I'm not sure if if any of our listeners or if uh, any of the uh, members of the Big Red Bench Fantasy League, uh, if anyone's tuning in, um, who's in the lead here? Uh, I'm just trying to pull it up at the moment. I wouldn't be massively into the fantasy, I have to say. I, I can't I, w- I will probably lose interest after two months if not after two weeks depending on how those first two weeks go um, It just I'm more of an NFL uh, fantasy uh, man when it comes to it Keane Swanton is top of the league at the moment uh, easy come easy go uh, good name to be fair uh, 76 points for him I think I have about 45 points um, so, you know I, mean, I you have to pick Haaland if you don't pick Haaland you might as well forget about it he got 26 points obviously uh, getting two goals against uh, Burnley um and I know a few fellas who picked him and didn't captain him madness absolute madness but yeah it, it, I think some people absolutely love it and Sherlock we'll keep an eye on it anyway as we go through the season and uh, we'll keep an update on who is top of the league and uh, how we're going Um, don't think there's much prize Rory did promise a signed photo of either myself or himself uh, as the prize if you won um, which, you know, if ever there was a reason to take Haaland out of your team, uh, no, but uh, yeah, we'll keep an eye on it. It's, uh, it's, it's a bit of crack anyway. Uh, sure. Uh, why not? Um, all right. Elsewhere today, Celtic were in action. They overcame Aberdeen 3-1 in their game in the Scottish Premier League. And, uh, obviously Brendan Rodgers back at Celtic. It, they've gotten off their a pretty good start, um, and you, things aren't going great for Michael Beale at Rangers either. So you'd expect Celtic to win this title pretty handy again this year, wouldn't you? Here at home, um, underway in the next ten minutes in the League of Ireland Premier Division, Derry City welcome Drogheda United to the Ryan McBride Brandywell for a half-six kickoff. Drogheda still a place above Cork City. Are they? within, you know, touching distance of City anymore after that draw on Friday night, we're not sure. Look, obviously Derry City beating them this evening would help that cause Um, but Draday United I'm sure they'll be looking back at that result Friday and uh, they'll be probably uh, you know, letting letting an old sigh out and uh, taking a breath because uh, it takes a bit of pressure off them doesn't it going away to Derry City is never an easy task especially when Derry are in such good form um, and it's such a strong team as well uh, so half six kick off there also in football today Roberto Mancini resigned as manager of the Italian national team after five years in charge they won the Euros during his spell obviously in uh, in Wembley uh, the day uh God, what was it It wasn't too long. It was during COVID. It was 2021. It was the 2020 Euros, but it was in 2021 and uh, beating England, which I suppose was as widely celebrated in Ireland, I'd say, as it was in Italy. And midfielder Fred has completed his move to Fenerbahce in Turkey from Man United. Poor old Fred. Fred had a funny old career at United. A lot, a lot, a lot of ups and downs, probably more downs than ups. Um, and obviously as well, United looking to get Harry Maguire off the books to West Ham um i think it'll be a very positive move uh, we spoke about it uh, here last week as well and as well on top of that the kane transfer i'm pretty sure harry kane was probably praying united would come in for him as well um it just it didn't happen and i think he grudgingly went to germany I'm not sure if he wanted to leave England at all, I would say he probably would have liked to break that Premier League record. But look, if he goes and wins the Champions League at Bayern Munich, you have to say it's a success. In golf, Lilia Vu of the United States leads by four shots on 12 under par in the final round of the Women's Open at Walton Heath. Uh, She had three holes left to play uh, about 20 minutes ago so she's probably nearly round now she's poised to win her second major of the year Leona McGuire ended on one over for the tournament while Stephanie Meadow finished on six over and Rory McIlroy is in a tie for sixth going into his final round at the Felix St Jude Championship on the PGA Tour in Memphis He's nine under par, five shots behind the leader, American Lucas Glover. All right, plenty of action in the Co op Superstores uh, Hurling Championship. Let's start off with the Premier Senior Hurling Championship. In Carrick it ended Glen Rovers 113, Milton 319. That means Glen Rovers are out of progressing through to the knockout stages of the championship. They will face. Uh, Bishopstone for you know to avoid that relegation playoff we'll speak about this with John O'Shea after the break and uh, we'll hear who he thinks is going to go all the way and win it as well at full time it ended Charleville 17 points Aaron's own 17 as well in Mallow in the Premier Intermediate Hurling Championship, Carrigline lost out to Aeroge 219 to 314. It ended Dungarney 7 points, Castle Lions 117, and at the break, it's Kilworth 118, Castle Martyr 316. In the Intermediate A Hurling Championship, the header at Parky Rin in the first game, it was Blackrock 119, Sarsfields 116. In the second game, it's uh, it ended uh, Ahabalogue 222 Yall 114 Uh, Kildori lost to Mayfield 316 to 21 points and earlier on Ballygiblin beat Claude Dove 119 to 212 Um, approaching ninety minutes at Stamford Bridge it's Chelsea wonderful one 86 and a half minutes gone there Um, yeah I I don't know about what to make of these two sides they're probably vying for fourth spot would you say themselves Newcastle you, you'd have to say that United, Arsenal, and City—they'd be the favourites for the top three. City are going to win the league, so I don't think there's much fear there. Um, be interesting to see if United can overtake Arsenal, maybe in, in the pecking order. That I think that would be maybe the biggest, you know, battle of the season so far and maybe where the interest might be for the the neutral. But other than that, you have to say it's probably going to be a bit of a procession. Um, All right, coming up after the break, we're going to hear from John O'Shea. He's going to give us a rundown on the uh, Hurling Championship, the Premier Senior uh, Hurling Championship. We're going to pull up the uh, groups as well, the standings of the Intermediate A and uh, the Premier Intermediate and uh, tie up any loose ends of results we have there as well. And we're going to hear from two Munster players who are vying for a 3rd uh interpro title in a row. We're going to hear from Nicole Cronin and Kate Flannery. They were speaking to Jeremy McCarthy during the week. They did win their opener last night against uh, Ulster, so they've gotten off to a good start. And we're going to hear all about the camp and... Uh, the uh, new additions to their coaching staff as well for the season. Don't go away.
5: Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie.
0: Cork's Red FM. You're very welcome back to the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM. It's Aidan Lee here with you until 7 o'clock. 0868-104-106 868 106 if you want to get in touch at Big Red Bench on Twitter. Bit of a helter-skelter end here at Stamford Bridge. Liverpool were appealing for a penalty um, a couple of, um, unless they were showing one from earlier on in the game, they, they nearly had a penalty shot here. Uh, five minutes added on, so not too bad now by the timekeeper this time. 91 minutes, uh, one all. It started like it was a great game, it just really has petered out. As we heard from uh, from Guy Swindles earlier on, it just has petered out big time in this second half and not a great amount of quality. You know, like it's, it's, I, I was interested to see what Alexander-Arnold was going to do and he's played more of a right-back spot than he's probably played in the last year for Liverpool even though I was certain he was going to move into midfield today. Um, Alexis McAllister is kind of floating around there number 6 looking to pick up the ball likes a Curtis Jones and stuff inside there which I can't see him uh, doing much to be honest uh, Louis D or uh, what's his name here Darwin Nunes he's got the ball here goes for a shot and just curls it outside of the post and wide he's looked a bit more lively Jurgen Klopp now is trying to get into it he's doing that weird sort of grin where his teeth are going wonky um, it's out for a corner here so a chance Liverpool laid on maybe maybe to steal three points at Stamford Bridge alright we're going to uh, stick with the hurling now I spoke to John O'Shea just before we came on air about today's uh, results and the weekend results and how it's going to shape up for this year's Co-op Superstars Premier Senior Hurling Championship Alright, delighted to be joined on the line by John O'Shea to look back at a big weekend in the Co-op Superstores Hurling Championships. John, um, great excitement over the last couple of weekends and uh, the hurling hasn't disappointed at all, has it? Um, Even today already, we already have a a kind of a view of what the championship is going to shape up like. Um, But the the standard and the excitement, I imagine, has been uh, top class for a club level. Uh,
6: It sure has, you know, and... um Again, it's probably it's probably even one of the one of the best things that the the county board and Corks have done over the last couple of years has been the you know in terms of the championship as a whole. You know, in terms of the restructuring in the group stages, you know, they're, nearly every game has something really riding on it, and they're they they're good. They've got kind of a decent quality games as well, and like and even the, two games in like you're, the things are kind of shaping up fairly nicely. You're you're and it's still early days, but you're kind of. Again, are kind of a glimpse of maybe who some of the main runners and riders are going to be, in terms of who could challenge for the for the main for the main silverware come the end of the year, um, and the county title, and then also obviously in terms of the headlines well, obviously one of the big hitters is obviously it was probably conceivable with the with the way the group phase was going to turn out that when you have Blackrock, Middleton, and the Glen um, all in one group like George Tree can can't visit the two, and it looks like uh, even at this stage they would... um after the are obviously you're only having to play for their, their final game now to avoid um the relegation playoffs. But um yeah, yeah. in terms of their the greater aspirations, again, like, um, this this is in the position that um they, they would have wanted to be in after two games in the championship.
0: Exactly. Yeah, it's like I suppose the draw. It was difficult for Glen Rovers, and they're, I suppose they're kind of they're trying to. Obviously, they won the Division Two Red FM Hurling League, and they haven't had a great time of it in, in the championship over the last couple of years. The draw was always going to be very difficult for them, wasn't it? Blackrock and Middleton, two big hitters in their own right, and they're the ones that are going to go through. Their game is going to decide who goes through in top spot and possibly that automatic or the automatic uh, quarterfinal spot, or semi-final sh- uh, spot, am I right in saying um, who that's going to be? So it's, uh, sh- it, like, it is a great format. It gives us some great, great games. And even like Glen Rovers, that could be a dead rubber, but it's not because they're playing to avoid the relegation.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Do you know, and um, I would I think I would basically 'cause I've I've actually seen um the and Middleton against Bishopstown the last week and like and from what I've seen, I think uh, I said that Glen probably should. They they probably should get there fairly comfortable in terms of um the, avoiding that there, there probably shouldn't be any issues there, but like def- definitely you know, if you're looking even at the first group like do, um, Middleton and, and Blackrock Rock, they've really they've laid their cards down under this like and um so you know, even from chatting to the for the two for the two kind of camps sort of for cox so like, of oh, um, the film, um, Michael hand the Milton manager and even yesterday, John, uh, Jamie Harrington with Black Rock. You, know, you you could see they're kind of there are two setups that um that the, the morale seems fairly good in and like and they and they seem focused as well now as well. You know, um, they're even like even though there's a three week gap, you know, Jamie Harrington was even saying yesterday they're gonna put two and a half, kinda of, three solid weeks of um, training before before that Middleton game and like you know, you could even see yesterday as well. Like so there, there was a good spread around the around the team, even of the scores. Do you know, like Ty Dc, Mike O'Halloran, do even Niall Cashman um, in the halfback as well. Got a popped up a four four points as well. So, you know, and it's definitely they're they're two like if, if you're looking at Black Rock, there's definitely uh, they have the, they have the potential to go close this year. And like likewise, in Milton, they're. they're that they've shown that, and I think definitely the game in a couple of weeks' time it will be. It promises to be a very intriguing encounter, and obviously with the the characters at the end of it, for the winner potentially of top group, and there's also that with that possibility in terms of how the seedings work, out you could go directly into a semi-final. So even though know, they're both qualified and they've both out of the group, which would have been their objective number one, so there's still that there's a potential big prize on offer when they play in a few weeks' time as well.
0: Absolutely, that's it. Let's look back to Friday night and a uh, big game between Sarsfields and St. Finbar's in that group. Sarsfields edging out uh, one-point winners. Massive win for them and uh, that sets up a uh, big uh, last round of games, doesn't it, in terms of St. Finbar's and Newtown Trangham and Kentorker. They're all still in the hunt, you'd have to say. St. Finbar's on two points, uh, Newtown Trangham on two points, Kentorker on one point and even Sarsfields on three points. Probably have to win their game as well. That that is a fantastic group. Well, that was a massive win for Sarsfields, wasn't it?
6: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, um, and I think after drawing with Kentuck last weekend, they 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 knew Sars knew coming into the game against the Bears that they um, they needed a reaction and they needed a big performance. And like, to their credit, they, they 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 really truly turned up in, in that front. You know, um so like Aaron Myers um, was in, was in scintillating for him in terms of the scoring stakes as well. I think it was. Um, he got like 10 points in, in total in the end but like yeah I think that you know it, it was a real they're one of those stars as well that they're one of those teams I think they have the potential to go far into the championship and like and after the first day as well they, they, they having that pressure of knowing like if they they lost to to, to the Bears, like our face up against the Bears was no mean feat by any means so like they, they knew nothing less than 100% was going to kind of get them over the line and you know, like credit to them they, they got the job done in the end and like they they, they, they're, they're very much. It's kind of their destiny in their own hands, really, going to the final game. Like they know, if they win, they'll, they'll progress. But like, and of all the three groups, definitely that looks the, that looks kind of the most kind of um in terms of the permutations and all the all the possible things that could happen. That, that group really looks like the, it's the most that that, that that's up for grabs. I think, like you know, I think i say I think every team in the group still has a has a chance of qualifying. So like those those kind of final group games and, and Group C. Um, with Sars, the St Finbars, Newton Chandrum, and Cantor, that's definitely a group that'll they'll provide interesting viewing in a few weeks' time,
0: you know? Yeah, and all the games will be uh, going off at the same time, 4 pm on Sunday, the 3rd of September. St Finbars versus Cantor and Newton Chandrum versus Sarsfields, that's group three, as, as we were just uh, discussing. All, they all have something riding on them big time. Uh, Glen Rovers versus Bishopstown has that relegation playoff hanging over it. And then the group in the middle that we have yet to speak about, um, the, the last game of that is going to be Douglas versus Charleville and Aaron o- Aaron's own versus Father O'Neill's. Everybody, well, Douglas, you'd have to say, are, are most likely safe through. They've, they're have two wins out of two. Charleville and Aaron's own have just played out a 17 points all draw, which means that Charleville are on two points. Uh, Father O'Neill's are on one point and Aaron's own are on one point. So it's all to play for there as well. And, um, you know... Those three Aaron's Own, Father Niels, and Charleville—they'll all be hungry to get out of that group.
6: Oh, they sure so will. You know, it's definitely. It, it, it don't even look at like You know, have had the factor um Obviously, Father really Niels just against Douglas, and like for for a team like the, that's come up from from the senior A, like they look well equipped, and they look they kind they look more at home at this grade. So far to be to, to credit them, like you know, and like like so they they were a reliable option there, and like Dicky Dalton, the stood so there's a. So they really, even yesterday, they put it right up to to Douglas and It was kind of race. It was in the, the the game was in the milking pot. as so were like right up to the the closing stages. So I say they definitely from from their from their game so far. Like they they definitely have a bit of a belief that the why, White Can go and um, have a crack off here own and, and and qualify over the group. You know, um, yeah. So like those those trio teams really. They're, they're, it's going to be it'll, it'll be it's, it's it's kind of tough to be interesting to see who can come on top and join Douglas through with the group, you know, like and yeah. like Douglas, I think they have been the, the, in the last couple of years. They're the one they're, they're kind of team. There's there's, so they in terms of potential, there's an awful lot of potential there. Like, and even this year as well, they look like a there's there's the, 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 the spine of the team, the shape that the, there's so much potential there. And even obviously, like, like Shane Kingston, Alan Cadigan, as well up front, they're, they're another side who you know they, they've, they've probably. They've gone. The they're, they're, they're people have probably predicted they be there, thereabouts, and no, like like they're in, into the knockout stages. Like the, I think the questions will be when when they get into the knockout stages, and maybe that the quarter if they get to a quarter or a semi-final, like um, like can they make that extra step? Um, yeah, they, they'd love to get straight into yeah. the
0: semi-final, wouldn't they? Because they've had a lot of quarter-final heartbreak over the last couple of years.
6: Oh yeah, they, they, definitely. You know, I think if you can go to the direct as well as possible, then. You have to like if you look at like look at the if you look at kind of the the the, t- the caliber even the, of the team like who who you could face in a quarter final like if, if you go through there, like you, you, you could be being like a black depending on what goes the final day like you're you're going to be playing a team like potentially like a Sars or a Finn Finnbars or a Middleton. For, don't even look at the tables the way they are at the moment. So like yeah, I think if you there's there's a lot of mindfields there that, that can be avoided if you go go to the right route. So I think definitely. In terms of dog, that's why I think even from a dog's perspective, even though like they, they're home and hoes, in terms of quality from the group, there's definitely probably there, there's that kind of um, a motivational factor going into the into their final game against Charterville.
0: Absolutely. Just to finish up then, uh, from what you've seen so far, I'm going to ask you to pick out your favourite for the championship from the uh, couple of rounds that have been played so far. Who do you say from here is going to go all the way and win it?
6: Um that's The I think I I some for I see I kinda I kinda of, kind of have a good kind of seed I know even the they kinda of came up on the receiving end against Sarden last I I kinda of think that if it comes down to the it comes down to the crunch, I kinda of think the Bears could um could be that they could be there there boats again and they the in terms of go up the silver like, even if you look at the team as a whole, like the like in Cunningham knows, um he put up an outstanding tally the last as well, in the forward line, you know, and then obviously Damien Cahellan. Uh, uh, Jack Cahillan um though so I think the great right past the whole team that so they, they, they kinda of seem like they, they 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 could go close again and like to, so it's kind of a task of a coin really in yeah. terms of a, a couple of teams that are there. But like I, I still have a, an ink if I was to call it no I kinda of fancy the, the bears to go all the way. But like so I, it, I could very easily you know it, 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 it wouldn't surprise you in the slightest if a, if a black rock or even a Douglas or a, Milton or a Sars <laughs> so that's the that, intriguing to of yeah. championship. The way you, like, I think, when, when you get to the Drago, it's really like um, I think it's, it's like real kind of a you caught with a fine class in terms of the difference between the between the sides. So like it's you know it, it could really go a number of ways, really to be honest. But I, if I if, if I had to kind of edge it one, I know I'd probably would go and um, the Bears. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I picked St. Finbar's at the start. And if it's not St. Finbar's, I think it'll be one of Blackrock or Middleton. Uh, so, yeah, we're all sitting on the fence here anyway. Uh, look, brilliant stuff. It's been excellent so far. And uh, obviously switching back to football next weekend, we'll have all of that on the Big Red bench as well. John O'Shea, thanks a minute for joining us on the Big Red bench. Sure. Thank you, William yeah thanks to John for uh, tuning in and uh, for uh, going through that for us obviously the hurling now takes a bit of uh, a break and uh, we go into the football and obviously the football is nicely poised as well let's have a look at the Premier Senior Football Championship the Bonsequers Premier Senior Football Championship so in Group A it's uh, Clonakilty top with two points Carberry Rangers and Castlehaven both with a point after their draw on opening day and Valley Rovers uh, in sort of the their first points this weekend excuse me. Um so in that we have Valley Rovers up against Castlehaven and Mallow up against Douglas. Um, or sorry, Valley Rovers up against Castlehaven and it is Carberry Rangers up against Clanakilty. So Clanicilte can book their place through to the knockout stages with a victory or even a result, you would have to say would put them in good stead. Carrier Rangers and Castlehaven and Valley Rovers all in need of results obviously to stay in the hunt. Um a loss for Valley Rovers obviously this weekend would put them well and truly behind the 8 ball in group B Airog face are in group B Rogue and Nemo Rangers are joint top on 2 points each Balanchoyeg and Kergline are in search of points this weekend and uh, let me see here Airog and <sighs> Airog face Nemo Rangers so it's a big big clash the winner most definitely goes through out of that and uh, in the other game it's uh, Belancolig versus Carrigaline, so they'll be looking to pick up the points and then put pressure on whoever comes out of the wrong side of a versus Nemo Rangers and finally St. Finbar's are top of Group C heading into their joint top of Douglas heading into the second round both in two points Mallow and St. Michael's looking for their uh, points their first points St. Michael's the new team up of course Senior A Champions in 2022 they face St. Finbar's on Friday at Parky Rain. that's at half past seven and Douglas face Mallow on Saturday so it's all to play for just like the hurling as well we'll have a good uh, outline of how that is all going to go um, after the rounds next weekend and we'll have all the reaction on the bigger bench All right, full time between Chelsea and Liverpool, it ended in a draw at Stamford Bridge, here's Guy Swindles
1: In the last seven matches between these two teams, it's always ended in a draw, this one no different after Luis Diaz gave a rampant Liverpool at the time, the lead in the 17th minute, he was set up by Mo Salah, who could and probably should have had a hat-trick, he saw one effort cleared off the line, hit the bar and another goal disallowed but after on his debut Axel Desassiers equalised for Chelsea, then the Blues were right back in it, Chilwell himself having a goal ruled out for offside first half excellent, second half not quite so much to report although interestingly I'm sure both managers will have views on their new signings, most of whom did well Chelsea won, Liverpool won
0: Yeah, one all draw in the end of course and uh, what does that mean for the Premier League table early on, uh, as far as I you know yeah, it's Newcastle and Brighton, joint top of the Premier League on goal difference and then Man City are on third Arsenal fourth obviously all in three points Um, so six teams uh, only six teams won their first uh, their opening game so Fulham sixth Crystal Palace fifth Arsenal fourth City third Brighton second and Newcastle first. And United then obviously the last team to go out tomorrow night against Wolves at home. You'd be hopeful for a victory if you're a United fan and uh to see uh maybe Mason Mount and uh Onana, oh, the goalie, he got chipped in pre-season last week, which wasn't great. It's to be expected, though. Uh, don't lose the ball in the middle of the field and we might be all right. Uh, Munster got their 2023-24 Vodafone women's Interprovincial championship campaign underway with a bonus point 14 win over Ulster in Armagh yesterday. Next up for Munster is the visit of Connacht to Musgrave Park on Saturday, August 19th. During the week, Jeremy McCarthy was speaking to Munster captain Nicole Cronin
5: and... Monster number 10 Kate Flannery we are absolutely delighted to be joined by two of those Munster senior players the captain Nicole Cronin and also Kate Flannery as well as our regular Munster women's rugby expert Wendy Keenan Nicole uh, you're very welcome to the Big Red Bench how are you?
7: I'm good how are you buddy?
5: I'm doing alright buddy I'm doing great it's lovely to talk to you and thanks for taking time uh, to talk to us and Kate Flannery thanks very very much for joining us as well here on the Big Red Bench how are you?
2: Ooh, thanks. thanks so much for
5: having me, is it? It's great to talk to the two of you. And as ever, we can't do a monster Women's Rugby segment without our resident Corks FM rugby <laughs> expert. And that is Wendy Keenan. Wendy, how are you?
2: And great, sir
3: Thanks William Delighted to be back and kicking off
5: our season at last. Yeah, kicking off in a big way with two players here on the show. But before we talk to those two players, uh, Wendy, I mentioned on Saturday, August the 12th, Munster away to Ulster in the Armagh Rugby FC grounds at three o'clock. In round two, Munster will host Connacht at Musgrave Park, which is a fantastic, on August 19th. And then the third round on August 26th, Munster travel to Leinster uh, in Energia Park to take on Leinster in the final round ro- of the round-robin games. But you have news for us about the finals and where the this year's Interprovincial Championship finals will take place
2: yeah, Ger, we're absolutely delighted. We're going to be hosting them in Musgrave Park on the 2nd of September. <laughs> <laughs> Unexpected news. I think we all thought we'd be going to Dublin, but um, absolutely. Look, it's wonderful. It's, it's an occasion for us to showcase you know, uh, women's rugby, you know what I mean, in our, our home stadium. So we're really looking forward to it. And a lovely opportunity for the clubs to come and support and see the girls playing, but also to kick off their own stadium and bring their minis, 14s, 16s, 18s, uh, you
5: know what I mean, along to the matches. It certainly is, and it's another good news story for Munster Women's Rugby. Now, Nicole, as captain, we can't preempt anything here, nor nor do we want to preempt anything because you've got three tough games to get through first to get that opportunity to play in the final at Musgrave Park. As captain, how proud are you to lead the province uh, looking for three in a row? Um, I've had an awful lot
7: of incredible moments in my life and leading Munster is a hundred percent up there. Um leading Munster out is just a different kettle of fish, it's, it's actually life, but it, you have a job to do, mm. you have to get out there, you have to do it, and as Wendy was saying, like we have a target on our back, and for a very long time I didn't know what being hunted was, and I actually quite enjoyed the situation. I'm
5: like, everyone's after us, and it's an absolute joy. Yeah. Um, Kate, from your point of view, like your captain is obviously, she leads by example, but she's right. I mean, you, when you're going for three in a row, not just Leinster, but Connacht and Ulster, an opportunity to take the scalp of Munster uh, is something that they'll be gunning for, an opportunity to kickstart their own season. So how have preparations gone in the build-up to the this season for you? Um, you Do you need to hit the ground running in?
2: Yeah, no, it's gone very good. Uh, We started off our season with a bit of pre-season doing more so fitness but in the last three weeks we've been really preparing for the match and as as we were successful last year we just want to build on that so we want to be even better this year, more clinical because although we were successful there was parts of the game last year that we can work on so we just want to bring our game to each of the provinces and take each game as it comes.
5: Yeah, and that's really the, the most sensible approach. And you were telling me just before uh, we started recording, like some of the people that are on the sideline for months of this year obviously, you've got Neave Briggs and Fiona Hayes there, but the likes of Ian Costello, Sean Cronin, who are captain might or might not know, we'll check with her there in a second, and Ian Keatley, these kind of technical players with this experience, along with Neave and Fiona, I mean, that must, Kate, from your point of view and the player's point of view, be a fantastic boost to get that expertise onto the training ground uh, to improve you as players. Yeah, it definitely
2: has. They've brought a lot, like, Especially Ian Costello and Ian Keatley, they've been working with the backs, so it's class to have their say, especially with Ian Keatley. He's been coming on helping us with kicking as he used to play out half. But I think just that experience and how good work they've done with the Munster senior men this year, it really helps bringing that into our squad.
5: And uh, for the captain as well, as I mentioned, there's some serious coaching talent on the sideline. Neave Briggs and Fiona Hayes, I know we know all about. But that Sean Cronin guy, would he be of any use to you at all, Nicole?
7: From a personal point of view, no. <laughs> From a family point of view, yes.
5: Because you're related, uh, is that correct? He
7: He's my first cousin. Very good. I'm assuming that's what you were getting That's at. what I was
5: getting at, yeah. yeah.
7: Uh, absolutely, he's my first cousin. My dad's his godfather. Um, yeah, he's been incredible now, to be honest. He's new to coaching hmm. and he's incredible we we always talk an awful lot about um, just because they're players they know what they do he's actually manufactured um, to be able to be a coach mm. and he, he stepped in and I can see Sean going a long way and he's really helpful to us even from a backline point of view I'm pretty sure he was the fastest back for a very long time but, um, no, it's incredible. I love the fact that we have Cosi. I love the fact that we have Sean Cronin and Ian Lee and Tommy O'Don. They, they add everything, and I think they're going to be the reason we get three in a row.
5: Okay, okay, bullish, bullish. Well, we'll keep the predictions for the end of the of the interview now, but it's good to know where we're heading with it. And just on that, Nicole, I mean, is that freshness? compared like what you've had for the last two years is it important that you keep having new voices come in at this time of the year to keep things fresh and to keep people on their toes
7: yeah absolutely if i was to be totally honest um sometimes voices get dead Hmm. and sometimes you just get a little bit tired listening to the same voice and we had great two years with Matt Brown and Mike Story and you have Briggs and I know Briggs is still involved. But like we have new voices right now and they're changing the way they're making the men's game come into the women's game and it's a little bit a little bit different and we appreciate what the lads done prior. But when you're looking for tree and row you need to be a little bit rootless mm. and having men's coaches is a little bit different and the change of voice is different. Briggsy is still Briggsie. So yeah, it's it's very different.
5: Yeah, it sounds like it's been a freshness. I think that's the key thing for Munster heading into this. That you've got those new voices, new ways, and new techniques. It's going to help you um, at senior level. Kate Flannery, you're like Nicole. You've come through the Munster pathways. It's something we talk a lot about with Wendy um, here on Cork FM's Big red, ben- red Bench quite a lot. But as a senior player now in the Munster setup, you know, and an Irish—I um, uh, should also mention an Irish under um, a twenty-under international. Talk to me about the pathways because a lot of young girls that listen to this show want to know what it's like and want to know what's involved coming through the pathway as a young girl right the way through the senior. It's obviously worked for you but a, a lot of hard work but a, a worthwhile venture.
2: Yeah. So I started playing with Feather when I was younger I'd say I was about 10. Started with the girls team there and then the first step was to, I joined the under 17. They had a Munster development squad so we started training outside just our club and like that In it was such a big step for us all, like the first time playing at a higher level. And then from that, the next summer, they started the under 18 interpros, which was really good because we got a chance to play, like put all our training into practice and we played each of the provinces, which is a huge opportunity because we got to see the level of each province other than ourselves. And then from there, after playing with the under 18s, I joined a senior club with UL Bowes, where I'm playing now. And from there, got the chance to, train with the Monster senior team and I think the, in, the up along was so important because it's important from a young age to know what it's like to like represent your province like we got to learn like what you have to do the values and we got to step up to that level from a young age so I think that really definitely helped because even talking to some of the older girls who started who are on the squad who started playing later they said they never got to tra- the chance to play Munster at a young age and they said if they could go back they wish they got that opportunity so I'm so grateful that we did get the chance to play
5: at that level. So we don't. Yeah, and it, it, clearly it, it's worked for you um, because, you, as you say, you're ready now when you reach this actual level. Um, and Nicole, from your point of view, I mean, you know, as captain, you know, you've got you've got your own position to worry about, you've got your own things to do out on the pitch. How easy a dressing room is this to look after? Like CK Flannery, are they well behaved? Are they easy? Do they listen? Or uh, do you have to do a bit of extra shouting with some of them?
7: These are the greatest kids that I've ever interpreted. They just want to play rugby. They just want to get out new, new, new looks. And half of the time, you don't even know how to help them because they're so intelligent. Um, they live a life that is very different.
5: There's a
7: lot of no stress, yeah. no stress, and um, they they just go, and I really encourage the new players to go about their business. I want them to do it as in we change card all the time, um Kay Flannery is now the new person that's gonna change guard.
5: okay. Kate, how do you feel about that? You're being put on the spot there No, You're, you're going to be the game changer. Should we be talking to you? Is that your new nickname, by the way?
2: <laughs> no, like that's obviously such a good compliment to get from Nicole, of all people as well, because like, she's been such a role model coming into the team, especially yes. like I can look up her in my position and everything. And it's just, it makes it so much easier to come into this environment when the people you're looking up to are so welcoming and nice and there to help you. So I think it's definitely down to the older players for making us feel welcome being able to express ourselves on the pitch.
5: Yeah, and it sounds like it's a very settled camp. It sounds like a camp that's been through a lot of preparation with all the new voices alongside Neil Briggs and Fiona Hayes, as we mentioned, in Costello, Sean Crony, and Keatley, just to name a few. Obviously, preparations couldn't have been any better for you. And it's important that they were because you're travelling to Armagh Rugby Grounds um, on August the 12th to take on Ulster. Now, this is a new venue, kit for Munster to take on Ulster in. But um, does it really matter where the game is? I mean, you've got to be honed in on your own job and just get, the, get those points on the board more than anything else.
2: Yeah, no, I know. I agree. I don't think we should let the where it's on affect us, with it's home or away. And as you know, we know, we've such a good following. Like I'm sure there'll be loads of monster people there to watch. It'll be new because I don't think I've ever played in Armagh before. So yeah, we're just excited. And as I said, we're just going to focus on our job and then see what happens.
5: See what happens. We'll leave the final word to the captain. Um, I think I already know the answer to this. But uh, how? Uh, what do you? Obviously, you want to get get off to a winning start, but to win three in a row would be something extra special. It would be historic, uh, Nicole, but, I mean, you don't want to look beyond the first game, but you seem quite bullish about Munster's chances this year. Is that correct? I'm not bullish. Um, I
1: have
7: absolute faith in my squad, which is our squad. Um. I would love us to do three in a row and it has to be deserving at any stage. Um, I, do, I put a bit on.
5: You, you see, okay, so on Munster, obviously, so we're going to keep we're going to hold you to that here at the end of the championships, and we'll get you back on, hopefully.
0: Yeah, and it was the perfect start for Munster as well. They did pick up their first win in that game against Armagh. It was a forty-one fourteen win, and uh, yeah, starts their quest for three in a row off and. Uh, Nicole Cronin certainly very confident that Munster can do the business. Um, All right, we heard earlier on it ended Chelsea won, Liverpool won both goals coming in the first half. Luis Diaz handed Liverpool the lead in 18 minutes before new Chelsea signing Alex DeSazi levels eight minutes before halftime. Liverpool's Trent Alexander Arnold. says it was a satisfactory result.
1: We knew they, they had a, a point to prove today after probably a really poor season in their books. Um, and it was always going to be a difficult place to come, but we, you know, Stamford Bridge, you, you probably take the point if you get off at of the, the start of the season. Um, and we built from this now
0: and just to finish up then some news in swimming Sligos Mona McSharry won the 200 meter backstroke at the European under 23 championships in Dublin it's her third gold medal of the week and in golf Lydia Vu of the United States won the women's open at Walton Heath by 6 shots she carried a final round of 67 to get to 14 under par it's her second major of the year and Rory McIlroy is out of course in the St. Jude Championship He's uh, he's 9 under par after his first hole in the final round American Lucas Glover holds the lead on 14 under par, and that is it for us we're going to be back next week from 6 p.m on Saturday and Sunday as well of course and of course Jeremy McCarthy who we just heard from speaking with the monster girls is going to be back on Thursday with another women in sports podcast sport podcast green on red with Mags Blackburn is on the way next
5: the big red bench Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m corks red
1: FM